I'm going to conclude this one. I'll put this other microphone down. <coughs> I know you've noticed I, I, I've got <coughs> water for dry preachers. <laughs> the old ones are the best. <laughs> I've been doing a short series on the landmarks in your life. And we've been looking at the period where the children of Israel were delivered from Egypt, went into the promise, uh, went into the wilderness, and eventually into the promised land, which we're going to look at uh, this morning. <clears throat> so the first one we, we looked at was a new life where they were brought out of Egypt. Old things passed away, all things became new. They were delivered from Egypt into a new life. But these people had been slaves for many years, 430 years they had been slaves. And they looked like slaves and they talked like slaves and they acted like slaves even though they were the people of God. They were to all intents and purposes just like they always were. They needed a new identity and so we looked at the new identity and what uh, the scripture says about us. You are who God says you are. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a special people belonging to God. And we looked at that. Now, I couldn't find anything new for the people who died in the wilderness. So we call that one, old habits die hard. <laughs> and... The people who died in the wilderness never made it to Canaan. They never made it. They never went back to Egypt. If we're going to talk about whether they lost their salvation, they didn't lose their salvation. But they never entered into everything that Christ wanted for them. And brothers and sisters, the message this morning is of a new generation. A new breed of people. A people who will see and experience the things that Christ died to give us. Hallelujah. Um, so I've, <clears throat> I was remonstrated with the other, the other day. She's not here, I don't think, this morning. But she says, you say these scriptures, David, but you don't tell us where they are. Well, I expected better, to be honest with you. I expected better from her. <laughs> So they're going to come up on the screen. <laughs> Deuteronomy 2, <clears throat> verse 14. 38 years passed from the time we left Kadesh Barnea until we crossed the Zerad Valley. By then, the entire generation of fighting men had perished from the camp as the Lord had sworn to them. And we talked the other week of attitudes that must die. Now, in physical terms, these people died. God was waiting for these people to die. Isn't that amazing, eh? When are they gonna go? <laughs> well, we're not saying, when are they gonna go? We're saying, when are these attitudes gonna go? When are these wrong thinking gonna go? <clears throat> um, now, Jesus said, and the last day of the feast, he said, 
If anybody's thirsty, we sang it this morning. Thank you, Andrew. If anybody is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, and out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. How would you like to live like that? Rivers of living water. And Jesus said to the woman at the well, didn't he? He said, whoever drinks of this water that's in this well will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water I give, he will never thirst. Because the water that I give will be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> um, so this is a new generation. Generations come and generations go. Remember maybe the wartime generation. They had a, a, a bit of a motto, keep calm and carry on. There is a verse in Proverbs that goes like this. There is a generation that curses its father, does not bless its mother. There is a generation that is pure in its own eyes, yet has not been washed from its filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are like swords and whose fangs are like knives. They devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. So God said to these people, you've made your way around this hill country long enough. Turn north. You've been here before. Now move on. Don't go back to where it was. Go on to something better that I have planned for you. Can you believe with me that God is going to revive our nation again? Yes. To see a sweeping of revival fire the people again in this once great nation of ours will be a Christian nation living under God's God's laws God's principles God's kingdom hallelujah <clears throat> to see those church spires filled with people <laughs> instead of once a month or when weddings are in funerals but to see people flocking and finding Christ as their Lord and Saviour. <clears throat> Martin Luther King had a dream. And he, in, in 1963, he said this, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day, even in the state of Miss, uh, Mississippi, the state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a, a dream today. <laughs> and it says in the Bible, where there is no vision, the people perish. And the Apostle Paul, speaking about the church, he said, Christ loved the church and gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean and washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present himself, to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any blemish. Hallelujah. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. Amen. Spot, without spots and blemishes. 
Spots are the problem of the young. <coughs> Zits. Wrinkles are the problem of the old. Spots speak of immaturity. Wrinkles speak of crotchiness. A glorious church without spot, without wrinkle. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Can you see it? Can you see it in your spirit? A new generation. People without spot, without wrinkle. The picture of the bride in the Song of Solomon is so lovely. It says, who is she that comes forth as the morning, fair as the moon, clear as the sun, awesome as an army with banners. He's talking about you. He's talking about me. He's talking about how it can be. So we need a paradigm shift. The prophet said, you've made your way around this mountain long enough. Turn northward. This is God's second chance. They had the chance 38 years before and they missed it. You remember the 12 spies that came, spied out the land. We used to sing it in Sunday school. Ten were bad, two were good. <laughs> they brought an evil report. They discouraged the people. So they had to wander around for 38 years. Sand and shrubs and all of that wasted time and wasted energy in the wilderness. Now, we're here today and God says, go in and possess the land. Go and take what I have bought for you. What was this new generation like? A new generation. <clears throat> A few things are obvious. Firstly, they were not like the previous generation. Psalm 78 says, and they may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God. They said, we don't want to be like the past generation. We want to be a new generation. We want to be different. Uh, we're not going to live in unbelief. We're not going to live in rebellion. We're not going to rebel, live in idolatry or complaining or unfaithfulness. By God's grace, we're going to be different. Amen. <coughs> A new generation, not like the old generation. Secondly, they were a people of faith. They were can-do people. <coughs> Some people... I can't do people, can't they? I've t I think I've told you before a hundred times of, of the deacon who was always negative in, and, and, and the pastor, he was so irritated with this guy. He said, I want to take you, take you down. They took him down to the, um, to the lake and his little dog was with him and he got picked a stick up for his little dog and he threw the stick in the water. The dog ran on top of the water and picked up the stick. This deacon, this negative deacon, said nothing. 
He picked the stick up again. He threw it to the... The dog walked all over, ran over the water. The deacon said nothing. Well, the pastor, he turned to the deacon and he said, do you not see anything different about this dog? He said, well, now you come to mention it, I do. He said, he can't swim, can he? (laughs) 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 Hebrews 11 is a list of people who had faith. Begins with Abel, he had faith. Continues on with Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses. These people all had faith. It comes to the Red Sea by faith. The Red Sea parted. Uh, And then there's a gap in Hebrews 11. Nothing else is said until after that generation are gone. And we then come to the walls of Jericho. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after it was compassed about seven days. So we have, by faith, they went through the, 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 the Red Sea as on dry land. By faith, the walls of Jericho. It misses out the whole generation of people who were negative, complaining, moaners, unbelieving and rebellion, <coughs> rebellious. <coughs> I like the stories of Paul. Paul is on the ship and there is a storm. They hadn't seen the sun for 14 days or so. And, and the sailors were despairing even of life. They're throwing the cargo overboard and all. And th- that night, God spoke to the apostle Paul. Now, I don't know how true it is that history tells us he was a little guy with bandy legs and a big nose. I don't know. <clears throat> but he, he wasn't Mr. Atlas anyway. He wasn't Mr. Universe. But he stands there. And it may be pouring with rain and the clouds are as black and the sea is heaving. And this little guy says... Don't worry, he said. You're all going to be saved because last night an angel stood with me and said we're all going to be saved. A man of faith. A man who heard God. Who believed God. It says when he was in Corinth, he was pressed in his spirit. He was having a hard time. Corinth was a hard nut to crack. It was a hard city. Hardened to the gospel. And this is what the Lord said to him. Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision and said, Do not be afraid, but speak. Do not keep silent, for I am with you. And no one will attack you and hurt you, for I have many people in this city. How many of us can believe that God has many people in this city. Maybe they're waking up in the wrong bed this morning, but they're going to come into the kingdom of God. To believe, to believe, though those stubborn, rebellious people are going to be melted by the mighty power of God. Let's believe together, brothers and sisters. They were also people of the word. This is the word that the Lord said to Joshua, and Joshua passed it on to the people. This is uh, Joshua 1. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. 
Have I not commanded you, be strong and of a good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> have, you, have you had your daily steroids, <clears throat> I was going to say, <laughs> boost from the word of God, <clears throat> food for the soul, hallelujah, believe it, receive it. This book of the law shall not depart from the mouth, but shall meditate in it day and night. Switch off the TV. Abolish Facebook. <clears throat> Get into the word of God. Hallelujah. Be strong in the Lord. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. You meditate on it day and night because you will have good success. Success in life. Praise God. And before God, which is more important than ever. There were a people who listened now to God. They didn't listen, the previous generation didn't listen to God. They were rebellious. They didn't believe God. Even though he had done great things in Egypt, saw phenomenal miracles in Egypt, and through their wanderings, but they still didn't trust him, still didn't believe him. Now a new generation has come along. A new generation who they said, they said, if we go in, our kids will just be like cannon fodder for, for, for them. They are like giants. We are like grasshoppers. They'll murder our children. We'll be a It was those kids, those kids, those children who were born in the wilderness who were going to go in and possess the land for God. Now, you don't have to be young in years. Caleb, I'll tell you in a minute, Caleb was 85. And the Bible says he had another spirit. He went in. Caleb was 85 and God promised him when he was 40, he said, you will possess this mountain. So Caleb for 40 years had held that in his head. He believed it, believed it. He wandered with all the others. But in his mind, he saw that mountain that God had promised him all those years ago. That, that one day, one day he would possess what God had promised him to possess. He's 85, but he was a new generation. Even though his physical years, you can be a new generation spiritually without being one physically. Yeah. <clears throat> right. <laughs> they were a generation that could put the past behind them. Now, during the um, wilderness, they had, not, uh, they had not done the right, not practiced the right of circumcision. Now, God had promised Abraham that he would bless him and he would, all the world would be blessed because of his, Abraham and his children and uh, he would curse those that cursed them and bless those that blessed them. And he gave him the sign of circumcision that it was a covenant between himself and God. Now they had not done this in the wilderness, but when they came out of the, of the, the wilderness and into the section of the promised land, the edge of the promised land, they circumcised the males. After all, that it says, the males had been circumcised, they rested in the camp till they were healed. And the Lord said to, to Joshua, uh, today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So that place has been called Gilgal to this day, which means a rolling. I have rolled away 
the reproach and the shame of Egypt. There comes a time when the pastor's gone, hallelujah, and the devil might, might try his best to accuse you of things that have been long gone. Here is a rolling. They were able to put the past behind them. There was a rolling away of the reproach of Egypt. <clears throat> there was a dear brother in this church. He was saved, I believe, in Malvin and Ruth's time when they were pastors here. He was called Eddie Dennison, and he sat right here uh, along with two others. <clears throat> and he was Scottish. Couldn't understand a word he was saying. <laughs> and, uh, but when he was a rolling drunk. He was a rolling drunk in, in, in the town and when the church was in Knott Street, they, he would come in drunk and they would give him a cup of tea and, and, and that. And, that. And, and Eddie got wonderfully saved. Clay, if you, you need to, I didn't see him in his unconverted days, but he, he, was, he was a rolling drunk and he was wonderfully converted to Christ. And he said, I'm not an ex-anything. You used to say you're an ex-alcoholic. I'm not an ex I'm not an ex-anything, he said. I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> what had happened? He'd been circumcised in heart. He, the past had been rolled away. <laughs> he, he, he wasn't anything but a child of God. And all the reproach and the shame of that former life had all of it gone, praise God. They were able to put the past behind them. I have rolled away the shame of Egypt. <clears throat> uh, fifthly, I think it's fifthly, <clears throat> they remembered their deliverance from Egypt because in Gilgal, not only did they circumcise the males and with the significance of that, but they also celebrated the Passover. Now, the Passover was the meal... The, the, the last meal in Egypt. And, and as you may remember, was the time when they put the blood on the doorpost. The angel of death passing over was looking simply for the blood on the door. He wasn't looking for the good person or bad person inside. He was looking for the blood on the door. And uh, they, they applied it and were saved. They also ate the lamb uh, with bitter herbs and unleavened or unleavened bread, bread without yeast. <clears throat> so they celebrated this Passover and they remembered the night when God saved them. And I think we should always remember the time when God saved us. When the Saviour came, shed his precious blood, died for us, all of us are just a mess without Jesus. There's a lovely old hymn, we don't sing it much, Andy. <clears throat> <laughs> to whom it may concern. <laughs> it's a lovely old hymn, Jesus keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain, free to all a healing stream, flows from Calvary's mountain. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my ransomed soul shall find rest beyond the river. Let us live near the cross. 
Let us live under the shadow of the cross. Let us remember everything that Christ has done for us. Let us never just take it for granted. Let us never just get a little blase. But let us always remember the day when he walked into our lives, cleansed us from our sins, put a new song in our heart, lifted us from the mire and the clay. We go back to that place of Calvary that cost him all of his life. He loved us. And if you ever wondered if anybody loves you, let me take you to the foot of that cross and written over it in letters of blood, sweat and tears are those three little words, I love you. Jesus, keep me there. They remembered, they remembered the Passover. <clears throat> Just a couple more and then I want to... <clears throat> they accepted God's chosen leader now Moses was the great prophet, but he'd gone home to glory. Joshua took over from him, and this is what the people said. They answered Joshua, we will do whatever you command us, and we will go wherever you send us. We will obey you just as we obeyed Moses, and may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Now, there are, in, in our church here, there are pastors and there are elders and there are group leaders and there are people that watch out for you. And this is what the New Testament says about uh, spiritual leaders. Obey your spiritual leaders. That does, that's not manipulative. That's not controlling because there's a word, another word in the Bible. There's a rebuke for, for pastors and elders who control people. That's not control at all. It says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. <clears throat> Pastors are not perfect. I think there's only two perfect people in this church. <laughs> And that is my wife and I. <laughs> and there are times when I worry about her. <laughs> Pastors are not perfect. Elders are not perfect. Leaders are not perfect. But we seek to guide you and help you to fulfill God's plan and God's purpose in your life. <clears throat> finally, I think it's finally, <clears throat> they crossed the Jordan. Now, what does this mean? <clears throat> there were two waterways. There was the Red Sea, and then there was the River Jordan. The River Jordan often speaks of death and new life. <clears throat> they were burning their bridges behind them. Um, the Bible says, except a corn of wheat, Jesus said it, except a corn of wheat fall in the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it brings forth fruit. And uh, I have told you before, as I sat in the service many, many years ago, and a little preacher called Leslie Green, he called himself the least of all saints. He was only a small guy. I, I looked down on him. <laughs> <clears throat> he shared that verse from uh, John 13. Except a corn of wheat fall in the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die... If it dies, if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. And he was explaining to us that if we were willing, I know it refers to Christ originally, but he was 
saying that if we were willing to die to your plans, my plans, my ambitions, my future, my decisions for the future, if I were to die to that, from that death would come something more wonderful. And we were, um, Jean and I were engaged at the time and I was in a, a nice job and, and life was good. And, and I felt God was calling me to give all that up and uh, not her up, but... Uh, <laughs> but we put, we put forward, we, 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 we put our wedding back, didn't we? We, had it, we were engaged already to get married. We put the wedding off and... Um, <clears throat> And I went to study at the college and to study for the ministry. And except a corn of wheat falling, I've never regretted it. I don't think you have either. We put it off for a couple of years. But what's a couple of years? We've been married now, what, 50? We've had five happy... <laughs> 50, 50 odd years, 53, <laughs> <laughs> Elisha was plowing in a field and this rugged prophet came to him, Elijah. He took off his mantle and he hit Elisha with it. And Elisha turned to the man of God and said, just, just wait, he said, I'm going to just say goodbye to mum and dad at home, he said, and I'm going to follow you wherever you're going. So Elisha went home. He said to mum and dad, I'm giving up the farm, dad. I'm not going to be a farmer anymore. I'm going to follow the man of God. He killed the oxen. He made a sacrifice to God. He packed his bags and he followed Elijah, the prophet. He came to a River Jordan experience of dying to what he wanted, his plans, his purposes, and he moved into what God wanted. My father in his younger days had a very nice singing voice, and this was one of the songs he used to sing. Not what I wish to be, or where I wish to go, or who am I that I should choose my way. The Lord shall choose for me, tis better far I know, so let him bid me go or stay. The flyleaf uh, in, in a missionary's Bible just had the words in it written, I want nothing for myself. I want nothing for myself. That's the River Jordan experience where we die to self and we come alive to God. A new generation. There were only two from that previous generation that made it. Joshua himself and Caleb. Caleb, now 85, the Bible said had another spirit. William Carey, that great Baptist missionary, <clears throat> On the 30th of May, 1792, in Friary Lane Baptist Church in Nottingham, said this, Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. Hallelujah. 
now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to the power that works within us. I don't know, there's something in you that is something in me that reflects Psalm 85. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you?